You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. We are talking about a common struggle that lifters face when talking about programming, and that is how many accessories to do. All right, how much is too much? Are we shortchanging ourselves? Are we trying to do too much with our accessories? What's really needed to make progress? Uh, and w- how can we really direct our focus to get the most out of our accessory work? These are all things we're going to be talking about today. I'm sure that uh, you've had internal struggles with this. You know, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? So this one's really going to help you guys out. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, I'm Coach Ben. Welcome in. I'm a professional powerlifting coach and bench presser. I have amassed an 820-pound bench press in my career. I have the fortunate pleasure to train lifters across the world via our online coaching program. I want to send you guys a free gift, whether it's your first time listening or you've been listening to the podcast. Shoot me an email, coachben at bigbenches.com. I'm going to send you a free copy of our top 20 bench cues as my thank you for listening to this podcast. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. How much is too much when talking accessory work? All right. Now, we have to pay careful attention here because when we're thinking about what to do for accessories and this was actually a question that was brought up by one of our athletes Uh, we were talking about uh, bicep training bicep training not really something that's often on the radar per se when we're talking about other things we could build up for someone's weak point you know talking about upper back work glutes hamstrings you know typically we give more focus to these areas and not just strictly biceps and isolation but it was a very very valid point that he brought up how do i know or how can I get bicep training in? Because it's it's definitely an area we can bring up without overloading myself. All right, and I've been there. Certainly, I'm there frequently when programming for our athletes. Uh, It's how much do I actually give this athlete? Okay, If, if you're developing your own training program, I'm sure you want to touch on everything, right? We're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to do some work for the rear delts. I'm going to do some work for the biceps. I'm going to do some work for the triceps. Oh, but I got to get some lateral raises in, but I need an overhead press too. But then I never did my chest in isolation. Did I do enough back work? And the list goes on and on. All right, you could end up very well with 15 different accessory movements. Okay, so we have to pay careful attention. Are we overloading ourselves? This is where I start. Am I, am I just doing too much? Am I, when I program for an athlete, I'm looking at um, our, our log and I'm like, is this overwhelming? You know, that's the one thing I ask myself. Am I looking at this and am I, am I just like, I am overwhelmed. This is, seems like a lot of work to do. Or if I feel overwhelmed giving that to them, I'm sure they feel overwhelmed going into that session. It's just a lot of work. All right. So exercise overload, uh, you know, are we, are we doing too much? Are we doing too much? How do we know if we're doing too much? Uh, first thing I would look at, can you recover from what you're doing? 
All right, this is something you're going to probably notice as the week progresses. Are you having a hard time going from one session to the next? Are you always carrying in additional fatigue? Uh, you know, really, I use the weekend per se, at least for myself. I use the weekend. Depends how you have your schedule situated. But the weekend is a great uh, barometer for where I'm at in terms of recovery because I'm not training on the weekend. So if you finish your last training day on a Friday, maybe you pick back up on training on Monday are you still carrying fatigue? Are you still exhausted going into that Monday session? At what point are you going to cut off the fatigue, the exhaustion? If it keeps building and building, that is going to cause some issues. Okay, so we have to look at how we're recovering from the work that we're doing. Uh, if we're really pushing main movements, if we're doing a lot of volume there, you're not really going to have much left in the gas tank for accessories anyways. All right, so if we're trying to overload ourselves with the main movement and then we overload ourselves with accessories, we're just slowly going to burn that candle out. So we have to pay critical attention to how we're recovering from the work that we have on our plates. The other thing we have to keep in mind is schedule. All right, do we have the time to even do this many accessories? Okay, some athletes, hey, I have a strict hour window, and that's okay. What can we fit into that hour window? What is going to be the best use of our time? All right. We have uh, one athlete on our team. She has a split schedule right now. So she's actually doing her main work in the morning. And then on her lunch break, she's getting accessories in. I think it's a fantastic strategy. But she wouldn't be able to get all that work in in the morning. That early in the morning before work, trying to fit all of that in. Uh, it would be rushed. You know, it would be half-fast. Uh, it's much more conducive for her to get that main work in in the morning right when she's fresh she can get that done and then on a lunch break she gets that extra accessory work in all right and she can spend the time she needs to do that knock that out bring good intensity to it so you really got to pay attention to what do you how much time do you have allotted in your schedule to actually do training and how much time do we actually want to put towards training you know we all have 24 hours in a day how much of those hours are going to be spent up actually training because we need hours in order to sleep and recover we need hours in order to eat food get good nutrition we need hours to do our job we need hours for family so how many hours are you willing to allocate towards your training that's a very important thing to consider uh, because when you add more time via training you're taking away from time you could be doing something else the other thing we want to consider is effort and output okay how pretty much saying how exhausted are we going to be trying to do this work all right is it even going to be worth it because is the quality going to suffer okay so that's where the hierarchy of movements come in you know you usually start off a session when you're fresh doing your main movement all right because you're only going to fatigue from there I like to save some of the bigger, I like to do some of the bigger compound movements right after we're done with the main stuff for the day. Isolation movements, things like bicep curls, that stuff we're going to want to save to the end of the workout. All right, we want the effort required to do the exercise. Uh, we don't want that to be too high at the end of the workout. You know, it takes much, much more effort to do a very heavy pen lay row than it does to do a simple bicep curl okay 
Uh, it's not going to re- demand as much out of you. Okay, we can still bring intensity and focus to it, but it's not going to be the amount of um, intensity that we have to bring towards like a heavy row. Okay, we're using a lot more muscle there. It's going to fatigue us a lot quicker. Okay, so we can be fatigued and do bicep curls. I don't think anyone has a problem doing that. All right. But being fatigued and doing penlay rows, now that could potentially set you up for injury. So we have to pay attention to all those things. Is adding accessories, is it worth it if we're if our output is suffering? Okay, so we have to keep that into consideration. The work that we do in a training session, we want to be able to hit it hard. We want to be able to hit it with intensity. How I'll break down a training session. This is typically across the board for our athletes. We have variations, of course, but... Um, they're going to fall into this common structure. One main movement. All right, so that's going to be uh, your back squat for the day, whatever we end up doing. If it's going to be you know, speed squats with bands, if it's going to be a box squat, if it's going to be um, you know, a 5x5 five five volume squat, if it's going to be working up to a max, whatever the case may be, we have our main movement, and that's our competition uh, style of lift. You know, There might be some variation on it, the pauses or whatever we're doing for the day, but um, that's going to start off our workout. Then we are going to go into one to two secondary movements. Now, a secondary movement is going to be a variation of the main movement. It's going to be very mechanically similar, but it's going to play on more of weak point training. So, for example, if you're having a hard time leveraging into the barbell for deadlift, um, if you need to work on pulling yourself into a better position, that's when maybe we'll utilize something such as pause deadlifts, so there's a small variation on that main movement. All right, and we're going to do one to two of those types of moves. Okay, so maybe it's a pause deadlift, and then we go into a stiff leg sumo deadlift. Okay, so still a deadlift, but there's uh, more spins on it to, to attack a weak point. Accessories. All right, we're going to have three to five accessories picked out. Okay, I'm usually going to have some type of a back superset. I'm usually going to have our athletes train back every session. Um, very, very valuable to do. Okay, back is, is usually a very undeveloped muscle group. We always want to put that as a main focus. So usually I'm going to start off accessories with some type of a back superset. Okay, uh, we're always going to hit back in a session uh, pretty much. So unless it's unless someone does have a very glaring weakness, that we need to allocate more resources. Other than that, we are hitting back work pretty much every session. So we're going to start it out like that. And then we're looking at, after we do a back superset, we're looking at three more accessories. And we're just trying to be pick and, uh, pick and choose between what's going to be best fit into those three accessories. Uh, I've given athletes more work to do. I've certainly given them more accessories. But, again, it comes back to if I'm looking at this, this training day, and I feel overwhelmed looking at it. You know, I put myself in their shoes, and I'm like, Coach Ben wants me to do what? You know, it's so much work. Um, some athletes can do it. They certainly can. Not take anything away from them. Some have the, the time to allocate. They have the recovery capabilities. Um, and they attack that work and they get it done. And it's fantastic. They can handle more. Many are going to see all this work and be like, this is just too much. All right? This is too much of a workout. Okay, And then you're going to find out that these athletes start 
uh, missing certain accessories. They start skipping things. You know, they they don't give the time and resources to actually complete these accessories. And that's not a place we want to end up in because we want to get accessory work in. Let me say that again. We want to get accessory work in. Very, very critical because uh, I definitely know some athletes who will try to skimp on the accessory work. They don't get that done because they're just so fatigued or whatever from the main work. Um, that's a problem. If you don't have the energy to get in accessories, uh, if that's the problem, that is a huge problem. We have to work on work capacity in that case. You should at least be able to get some accessories in after your main movement. You shouldn't be huffing and puffing and, and ready to die. Okay. So that's uh, going to be very, very important. Uh, allocating those accessories, not overwhelming the athlete. Um, so how do you know what to put in those slots? Okay, because we're only going to do three to five accessories, most people. You have to fill the bucket with value. Look for what's going to give you the best bang for your buck. Okay, what do you need to focus on to get better? You need to understand how to identify those weak points, what's going to get you stronger. It was something that I do with my athletes, I'm not sure if it actually goes noticed sometimes, is... Uh, when I'm watching and I'm reviewing their videos and I'm giving them technical feedback, you know, I'm giving them feedback in the moment on things they want to consider so that it will cause improvement. But a lot of times when I'm going through their videos, I understand that some of the things I want them to do is more of a strength-based issue. Okay, so... Um, you know, if your scaps are winging out on the bench or, uh, you know, you're having a hard time with your knees, knees shooting in in the squat and things like that, you know, there, there is going to be some technical fixes that can take care of those things right away. But sometimes we just need to build up strength in a certain weak point. Okay, so knowing that, that's when I go about making those adjustments to the programming whether it be that immediate week or the next training phase, I keep that in mind and I try to address those things through the exercise selection in phases to come. All right, so we're always trying to look for the best bang for our buck. Are we going to get more out of doing this back work, this hip work, uh, ab work, or are we going to get more out of doing that extra set of delt raises bicep curls you know calf raises it's really where can we get our best bang for our buck and i always steer towards more of those compound based movements or an isolation move that really pinpoints something i think is holding a lifter back from making progress on their main movement so always think what is going to best address your success okay before adding anything uh, always try to take those few accessories and make them more valuable before you decide to go and add anything and always keep in mind before adding anything can you recover can you spare the extra time or can you make the actual the current workout you have can you make that more efficient and is your intensity worth the additional effort meaning is the uh, the extra work, are you going to have the energy to complete that 
um, to get value out of it. Because if you're going through it half fast and it's causing you to add another 20, 30 minutes to your training time, is it actually even worth it? Some ways I like to get some of those smaller isolation moves in. So bicep curls, for example, this is a great one here because it's something that we want to hit. But when we're looking at powerlifting as a whole, the bench squat and deadlift, how much bicep work do we really need? Yes, we want our arms to grow. Yes, we stimulate the biceps a bit from doing rows, things like that. But how much direct bicep work do we really need? It's important. But how much time are we actually going to allocate to doing it? And this is where I like to do challenges. So we do a challenge with our team. We've been doing it once a year the past few years. Uh, I might even do it more because uh, I, I like it so much. But we do an arms challenge. And we train triceps and biceps. It's just a couple movements. And we do that extra volume for a month. Each and every day we train these. All right, and then we measure how our arms grew. And many of our athletes are gaining about a half inch to an inch per month doing this type of a challenge. It's a real, it's a blast challenge, right? We're doing it for a short period of time, just a month period, but we're making sure we're allocating every single day to training this. So we're blasting it. All right. Um, this isn't something I would expect a lifter to sustain. And, and oftentimes, many of the lifters who go through this type of a challenge, they don't even do every day. Okay. But it's the focus towards trying to do it every day. We get a lot more in than we would normally. So I do like challenges for things like that. Uh, competitions. If you train with a group of people, or if somehow I can get two of our distant athletes to challenge themselves together um, create a competition with some of these smaller moves you know who can get more um, total volume speed or whatever reps weight whatever it is get a little competition brewing it's easy when you train with people in person because you could do um, little fun drills like a uh, uh, crazy eights like a pass off bicep curl thing right you hit your sets uh, that's something that I would do is you hit 10 reps of bicep curls pass it to the next guy he hits 10 comes back to you you hit 9 they hit 9 you hit 8 they hit 8 and you go back and forth like that and it's a fun way to uh, you know create competition and uh, you know get those smaller movements in because when you have competition that is going to raise your intensity always Right, you need to have strong will uh, to win. And if you're a competitive person, all right, that's going to bring out the best in you. Finishers. All right, finishers because that's a fun way to finish a workout. A finisher should be a uh, something that you, you look forward to. All right, you look forward to because you feel payoff from it. All right, whatever it may be. You don't look forward to it because it's easy you look forward to it because you like the payoff. It makes it makes the workout. It's the cherry on top of the the Sunday. Okay, is a finisher. So that's a great way if you're going to do some type of a bicep finisher. A great way to get that work in and know you're going to cap off a workout with a fun little drill. 
um, that's going to usually add a substantial amount of volume in a small period of time. We're doing a lot of work in a very small period of time, so it's not going to add a ton to your workout. Um, you know, this would be like a bicep curl finisher, even if you just do 100 reps within a minute, um, type of, or you do 100 reps within, you know, you allocate some type type of time um, to push yourself through that, but you, uh, you have some type of finisher like that. It's a great way to challenge yourself. So there you have it, guys. How many accessories is too many accessories? We talked about some of the things that you have to pay attention to if you're going to add more to your to your plates. All right, you don't want to have too much on your plate. And in fact, I will always uh, lean towards the side of giving an athlete less because when I when I have them go into the gym, I want them to feel good about what they're going to do in terms of you know there's not so much on my plate that I have to worry about saving energy for that. I want to just be able to go in, have five or so exercises, and just really bring my 100% effort towards those. Uh, Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but that's always what I lean towards. I'd rather there be um, a lot more focus, intent, um, and drive behind doing all the work that we're going to be doing. So especially when I notice an athlete has been missing accessory work or I can't really get them to do it, I'm really going to shorten up what the accessories look like. I'm going to go towards one or two big bang exercises and we're going to add that and that's it. And we're going to build up from there uh, as I see they're completing that and the adherence is good. So there you have it guys. That's all about how many accessories to throw on your plate. Uh, I'm Coach Ben. First off, before I leave you, I want to say thank you for joining in. But check out BigBenches.com, our VIP membership. If you want to get involved with our team, if you want free program templates, a lifetime discount to BigBenches.com for your sleeves, wraps, programs. Um, Well, you get programs free, so apparel. Uh, But... VIP membership, we have a great community of lifters. It's less than $10 a month. There's going to be exclusive content there. So if you enjoy watching our bench videos, we have more on deadlifting, squatting, you name it, programming. Um, It's a fantastic community, like I said. So check that out, bigbenches.com slash VIP membership. And I'll see you on the inside.